This is episode number 287 with Russell Simmons. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. this podcast very excited about this one it's with the american business magnet russell simmons he's the chairman and ceo of rush communications and co-founded the hip-hop music label def jam and created the clothing fashion lines fat farm and tantris simmons most recently launched all deaf digital an original content channel on youtube with over a million subscribers He's also been described as the third richest figure in hip-hop. We had an incredible conversation in his studio in Los Angeles. And some of the things we covered today are about the lessons he learned about life and business from selling drugs. What entrepreneurs inspired him early on. About the vegan philosophy and about why humans ate meat and who ate meat hundreds of years ago, how to handle negative emotions throughout your life, and something that Russell says he does every single morning before he does anything else. This is a must-do for him. The political side of animal rights, and so much more. I'm very excited about this one. Make sure to share with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 287. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in with this interview with the one, the only, Russell Simmons. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases that's the powerful backing of american express learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness welcome everyone to the school of greatness podcast i'm here with the man himself russell simmons good to see you nice to see you new york times best-selling author new book called the happy vegan a guide to living a long healthy and successful life make sure you guys go pick this up out right now uh we'll be talking about this throughout this interview but i'm really excited we met actually years ago through a dare probably don't remember it was about five years ago we met also at summit series at sea uh the first time they did summit at sea and it's been fun to see your journey ever since and obviously you've had an incredible career um and built an amazing business many businesses for years but since I really became more aware of you, it's been fun to follow and dive more into the vegan lifestyle and learn about it. I've been uh, introduced to it much more since hearing about it from you and your other books. And uh, I want to dive in and, and, and get started and first ask you a question about who was the most influential person 
in your life growing up and the biggest lesson they taught you? There's a lot of people that were involved. My father was very good. My mother was very good and big influences on me. You know, a lot of, a lot of street cats, you know, gave me some direction in terms mm -hmm. of just how to move around in the streets, not get too twisted. Um, and a lot of, um, a lot of different, uh, influences from different walks of life, right? Especially as I was bused to school, I met all kinds of people from different, you know, ethnic backgrounds and stuff. And a lot of people inspired me, you know, depending on the minute you ask, what's my favorite record? I'll give you a different record. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe the one on the radio that I don't want to change. Right. You have a, if you can press any button at any time, then any record you're playing is your favorite because right. you can play something else. So I don't like to, you know, I can't say one person more than the other. I, I could say that the uh, Minister Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam, uh, inspired me because they they, they uh, showed me potential. You know, they were like, we're in the street, we're selling drugs. They'd come over like, brother, why are you doing that? We had a mosque, a steak and take, and a dry cleaners on the corner. Mm. We also had Larry Lucas on the corner, which was, you know, to Frank Lucas, the drug dealer, okay. had Lucas cleaners, a couple of his cousins had, and we had one on our corner. It was the heroin capital of Queens. So that was a good place to sell weed and to, you know, it was a big drug block. Right. But it was also a block where the nation of Islam was very present. And they were very, very influential in that they were very street, very hood, but they were very clean cut and upright. Mm -hmm. And that was inspiring to see that. And I think a lot of people my age have that experience. So, yeah. That's some of the influences. I mean, again, it changes well, depending sure. on the day you ask me. Right, right. What were you? What would you say you're most passionate about in your teen years, uh, going into college? What was the thing that you're most excited about? Were you into music the most then, or did that come later? Well, going into college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do too much. You know, uh, I went into college. You know, all I wanted to do is get high and and get girls. You know, sure. what I mean? like cocaine and pussy was my two driving forces. I used to joke and say that, but I used to, I probably meant it. I got a little older I um, in school, in City College, and I found hip-hop. Mm -hmm. I was selling drugs. I was selling, like, bad drugs, good drugs, whatever. But a lot of incense, people shooting in their arms, and I was I thought it was safe. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I didn't really have a lot of direction yeah. in, in, until I found hip-hop and wanted to promote the parties of the artists because I was inspired by them. It was another way. It also had lots of different you know benefits. I mean, you could not only get in the club, but you could make money from the club, and right. you could promote the artists who I love, the hip-hop artists like Eddie Chiba, DJ Hollywood, Lovebook, Starsky. These guys were the founders and godfathers of hip-hop, and mm -hmm. I was one of the promoters who got to promote them early on, like in the late 70s, and you know, and it was an inspiring moment for me, 77 to 79, when we made our record Christmas rapping, and still those guys, you know, recently I just saw them at a funeral, a lot of them, those guys inspired me to shift my attention away from, you know, frivolous street activities that could have destroyed my life like mm -hmm. it did so many of my friends into something that turned out to be, you know, a, a dharma that was inspiring and, right. and, and uplifting and healthy, eventually healthy. I mean, I was still high the whole time, but <laughs> right. I was promoting parties and I was doing something that was not as dangerous. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a little journey thing there, but sure. Did I hear you sold uh, fake cocaine as well? Is that where? Yeah, we used to have his house where we sell heroin addicts uh, incense. They could shoot it with the heroin because it had mm -hmm. caffeine in it. Okay, and so it kind of had a similar effect. Or yeah, you put it in your mouth and freeze your face off. You, know, you <laughs> thought it was cocaine back right, then right. when nobody knew cocaine, but sure. dope fiends used to like to shoot cocaine with the heroin mm. because it would be, um, you know, the speedball effect. And right. in our uh, uh, incense, we had like a caffeine kind of thing, so it was speedy. Right, right. So I went with the heroin well. Gotcha. What did you learn from like the, the that whole phase of selling drugs and how to pr translate it into You never know. Selling uh, music. To, I understand your question. Yeah. But, I'm, but you never know how bad your life is or what risk you're taking when you're surrounded by people who seem to be taking greater risks. Mm. Say, I'm not killing anybody. They're killing people. I mean, right. you, know, you always feel right. safer than the neighbor, you know, who's doing something maybe a, a little bit more risky. But what I learned was, you know, you take something for a dollar, you sell it for two. Mm -hmm. Especially as I, as I used to have pounds of weed, I sell, you know, you make you make so many nickel bags out of a, a pound of weed, it's ridiculous. And you could make, you know, some money. And that was something that in, in the black community, at a lower middle class place like Hollis, Queens, like your only job was to, maybe if you can get out of school and be a teacher or something. Like that was it, education. It was not a culture that, that that promoted entrepreneurialism. Right, right. So if you notice some of the great entrepreneurs for the black community, especially ones at least my age, 
they were inspired by their street experiences mm-hmm. because that's where they had to learn to fend for themselves and create one dollar that turns into two right. as opposed to working for someone else. Right. So that's the only cultural thing that really reminded you, like the guys who own the stores, like you know, uh, Johnny was a number man and he owned a store, but he was his own man, you mm-hmm. know. And whoever owned the stores seemed like they used to be drug dealers or something, but now they own the, the deli or now they own the, the right. you know. So that's a kind of a um, Interesting experience. Sure. Um, a lot of what came out of our community, you know, where, where people moved in, integration destroyed the fabric of the community, mm-hmm. economic fabric, because you don't have the black doctor, the black pharmacist, the black whatever you just got now. Well, not at that moment, but you have Rite Aid, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, you have whatever it is that moved in, you know. Right. So then, so that integration thing, you know, kind of was always uh, troublesome to a lot of people because it destroyed the fabric of the community, economic fabric, and took the money out the community. Right, okay. So, but anyway, as an entrepreneur, I learned from having some experiences uh, selling drugs. Yeah. It's true. But music was a totally different thing. I was selling parties. I was promoting parties where great artists performed, and and we'd book the ballroom for $1,000, and we as a bar guarantee, we get the money back because they drink $1,000, and we keep the door. It was a very lucrative business for me as a you know a sophomore in city college, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it was a way to really fall in love with rap, but there were no rap records. Right. In nineteen seventy nine, I made a record, and that record was uh, Christmas rapping, and it became a, a big hit, and it plays every Christmas. And since then, I've been on you know I've been really inspired to give artists opportunities. I mean, that's what I've done my whole life, mm-hmm. even now here at All Depth Digital. We have all these young writers, directors, producers who I get to say, yes, go shoot it right. every day, at least, you know, once a day. I say, go make it. Sure. And I couldn't do that. Um, that I mean, that, that is an, a very, very great thing to let people express themselves and be yeah. part of that process. Cool. So that's, that's. Sure, sure. It, who would you say is the most um, that you looked up to in terms of entrepreneurs that you were inspired by in your early 20s when you started doing the, mus- the music stuff? Were there, a were there lot people, people that taught you a lot of... Uh... A lot of people really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Quincy Jones, David Geffen, you know, Dick, Dick um, Griffey who ran. Uh, Barry Gordy obviously was always an inspiration. You know, I noticed that Barry Gordy's gone vegan. Hmm. He looks like he's 12. He's 80-something <laughs> years old. Wow. He's five years old. Or older than that, right? So, Barry Gordy might be 90. He hadn't looked 12. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he looks 12. He's a vegan. He's a vegan power. Yeah. So I noticed that about him and a lot of people. Like A lot of people yeah. made cho- choices that, you know, they're still, you know, like I said, my friends are dying. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Yeah. Or have cancer. I or heard someone have, had a triple bypass. Or you yeah, said my it. man just had a triple bypass. Uh, a lot of my, my uh, friends, you know, right mm-hmm. now, AJ, hip hop, one of the great hip hop DJs, laid up in a box the other day, ass cancer. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, colon cancer. And then Joey Robinson, who is the son of Joey Robinson, started Sugar Hill Records, mm. who ran the company for years. He died same week, ass cancer, same thing. The number of people dying, uh, along with the destruction of the planet, mm-hmm. along with the comic disaster of 100 billion animals being made to suffer. Mm. Short lives. 100 billion? Yeah, 10 billion in America alone. Wow. Made to be born through rape and every other factory practice. And stuffed with shit to make them grow fast mm-hmm. in the most difficult environment possible, the most suffering possible. And then they, all they, their real good is that they poison the planet and mm. its inhabitants. Mm. And so I, to me, that's why a subject, I brought you back to the subject. Mm-hmm. It's like just something that I did I, I care about, right? Like I right. like looking back and saying I changed the drug laws in New York State. I helped people do it and thousands of people came home from jail. That to me is better than my gold records. Mm. I can talk about that sometime because we still have so much more to do in that area. And I like to talk about this work and this book in particular right yeah. now because there's a transition that has to happen or the planet will be uninhabitable and you, your children won't have nothing. You know what I mean? They, you, mm. they won't be able to inhabit the planet. I mean, your right. children, they'll be older probably. they probably right. be in their 40s when shit gets <laughs> right. real hectic. Sure. But we don't know how quickly the global warming is growing because we – Never expected what's happening now. Mm. So I even noticed, I haven't even heard, I heard that dumb black guy on Fox, but really I have not heard any Republicans say in the last six months that global warming is not man-made. Really? They stopped saying it. That's Mm. amazing. 
Mm. It's like they don't want to say that shit. Maybe Trump <laughs> might say he's saying any dumb thing, but right, I mean, right. everybody else is like, we don't want to say it anymore because right. it will haunt us. Mm-hmm. The fact is that this planet will be uninhabitable soon. Really? If we continue down this path. Mm. So this company is like Beyond Meat and yep. Hampton Creek and these companies that are studying the 40,000 plants and trying to figure out a way around poisoning the planet and the people. Right. You know, with plant-based diets that people will accept because they used to eat in poison. They've been mm-hmm. trained. They've been um, and tricked, bamboozled uh, uh, into being addicted to some of the stuff that they put in the food yeah. so they keep going back to it. And that, you know, we got you can get off it and you can get the healthiest stuff. And we right. want to give, like, the methadone off the heroin. That's what some of the – that's what some of the stuff is. Like, right. some of the uh, soy-based products are not great for you, but it's yeah. way better than the heroin. It's the methadone, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And then Beyond Meat makes healthy, organic stuff. And mm-hmm. before you know it, you have these taste buds that taste – Evolve and that change. Like, yeah. they, they evolve. They change yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Right. I'm inspired this week um, – I'm going meat-free this whole week because I knew I was going to be interviewed, so I was going to see how my body was reacting and evolving. And I've been – Rich Roll, who came here the other day, he's been for years telling me about it. And he's been saying – I used to play professional football, and he said there's a lot of NFL guys who are now going vegan and track athletes and people in the oh, Olympics. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. People are starting to move towards that, and they're seeing you know the positive effects. That was the, the name of the podcast I was doing on the phone when you came in. Which one was that? Athletes – Vegan athlete, really? something. You know, like, I huh. think it's a, like a, a a fun name. Interesting. Like, you know, like to you know, kind of dis- dispels the rumor, like sure. you know, that you can't like be an athlete or whatever and right. be vegan. And I think it's the name of the podcast. Athletes are ve- for vegan or veganism or something. I'm gonna tell you the minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got off the phone with sure, this guy. Sure. How many? Uh, are, when did you? F- so you used to eat meat, right? Yeah, I ate pig feet, chitlins. You used to, what's it called? No meat athletes. No that's, meat that's a athletes. Great name. That's yeah, a yeah. podcast. Interesting. So you used to meet a lot, and then what? What inspired you? Or what was the first? The moment? yogis helped. Simone, mm-hmm. who's sitting here, helped. Glenn Friedman, my other friend, helped. A lot of friends were beating up on me, and I saw mm-hmm. Die for a New America. And that was it. Die for a New America. Yeah, I saw that video. Is this a documentary, or is this it's a documentary? It's a book that was a bestseller wow. for a long time, but it really um, Die for a New America was. Um, the, the video that made me, the, the, the movie mm. documentary that made me really say, like, on January 1st, I'm not eating no more meat. And mm. I didn't. So I quit. January 1st, what, what year? Probably about 19, 18 years ago. Wow. Okay. And have you had meat since? Ever want, like, just every now and then? Uh, or not meat. <laughs> I mean, I've cheated head fish of people's plates. Sure, sure. Uh, I've eaten noodles with eggs in them. And, right. You know, I don't – I don't want – You try not to eat the, no, the red meats and all that no, stuff. No, red meat. No, I haven't had red meat. I don't know when. Yeah. Okay. Right. Wow. Um, and what is, how's your body evolved since then? I'm 108 years old, nigga. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 32. Right. I'm 108. I feel good. <laughs> I could out-yoga you. I'm sure you could. I don't know if I can outrun you. Maybe. You <laughs> I'm pretty run? fast, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not. But I'm in good shape, though. I'm yeah, right. you look, yeah, you look young. And I, I think I read somewhere, maybe it was on your Instagram, um, that you don't do anything before you meditate. Is that right? In the I don't do nothing before I meditate. Yeah. Every Why is that? Because you let your brain settle, mm. reboot your brain. It's really good for your memory, for mm. your brain capacity to connect the left and the right side of the brain, to regrow those cells that start to block and stop and make you get age. They, right. can, un- they can go the other way. Really? You know, if the brain settles, the body heals itself mm. in sleep the brain doesn't get to settle the same way why is so, that because it just doesn't it's just moving yeah. all the time Thinking, it's racing. so when yeah. you let the mind settle then the brain can reboot and mm. then the brain can do amazing things right healing the body and also um, getting greater brain capacity greater immune system mm. uh, you know there's just so many benefits from meditation that's science today. People have yeah. been doing it for thousands of years because they know it. Mm-hmm. Be still and know. In the scripture, you know, uh, every scripture speaks of quiet, still mind. Everyone. Mm-hmm. But a noisy mind causes suffering, and a quiet mind is bliss. That's true. Yeah. When did you get to start getting into that practice? Yeah, a little bit after meditating. I mean, after going to yoga. Really? A lot of yogis were meditating. 17, 18 years ago, you yeah, said? A little, yeah, a little less, probably 15 years ago. And did you feel like your 16. life was a lot more stressful or hectic before you started this, you know, met, you know still Your mind? life is not stress, stressful or hectic. It's your mind that's stressful or hectic. So watching the world move in front of you, it's a movie. You're in mm. moving meditation. So the world is doing what it's doing. 
You don't have to be attached to it or feel pain from it or suffer from what the world is doing. Mm. Your suffering is self-made. Mm-hmm. If you meditate and if you watch the world without too much attachment, then the world gets easier to deal with. Yeah. Things come and they go. Right. Thoughts come and they go. You learn that in meditation. Did you notice your inner world changing then as you started to practice? And being... Oh, yeah. My first yoga class, I was addicted. Because, really? you know, you smile and breathe in difficult poses, right? Yeah, it's hard. I don't like it. It's challenging. Well, you smile and breathe in difficult poses. It's yeah. very good for you, you know, yeah. and then it's a practice. You get out in the world. Somebody cursed at you. said, bitch, I just did a twist and triangle. Like, what do you, how are you going to steal my joy with your nasty mouth? Right. You can't really get a guy uh-huh. who's just been through the most difficult physical practice with your dirty mouth. You know what I mean? Not probably. If he's smiling in hard poses and you say the wrong thing, he just can look at you like, <laughs> like you know, you ain't a twisting triangle. You don't hurt. Right. You know, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the physical asana practice, which is what we're talking about now, of yoga, is to teach you to be comfortable in difficult poses Mm. on and off the mat, obviously. And it's really good. It's part of the overall science for happiness that comes through the Yoga Sutras and the scripture. Mm. And it's something that it goes along with, you know, um, a compassionate diet. Yeah. It goes along with a healthy diet and it goes along along with protecting the planet by not causing so much harm uh, through your diet. So they all go back to the diet, right? The, The diet is, you know, a centerpiece, uh, the, the thousands of animals you kill mm. in in your short lifetime, many, many thousands that you kill as a animal eater. Yeah. That when you put that on your hand, the blood on your hands should feel something. But people are taught not to feel nothing. You know what I mean? Mm. They're unconscious. Well, there's a middleman. You know, there's someone yeah. else doing the dirty the, work. Yeah, there's yeah. always a middleman. Middleman don't put the animals they kill. Like the people who make the chicken, they don't, mm. who manufacture those lives, they don't eat that. Right. They can't. Like three out of four of them can't. Some yeah. can still, but don't often. Mm-hmm. Most don't ever eat mm-hmm. chicken after that shit. After working in a chicken factory, right. you don't eat chicken. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all Already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
So do you, do you feel like it's, um, you know, what about people hundreds of years ago when meat wasn't looked, I guess, down upon or looked as it was harming the environment or creating, causing... Those... They left meat. They left meat. Period. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, this whole shit about culture is bullshit. Right. Like, in other words, Irish corned beef and cabbage. They wrote back to Ireland, like, they're giving us corned beef. Like, they didn't have corned beef and cabbage. Are you right. kidding me? Right. The slaves and their pig feet and their chitlins. They came over. They wouldn't eat no flesh. They would die. They were dying. Mm. Depending on where you're from, you okra and and green beans. Oak, oak, um, whatever. They, depending on the plants that mm-hmm. they ate and the places where they were stolen from, they had to go back and get that shit for them because they would right. not eat flesh. Right. So, in a, an ideal world, what would uh, what would it look like for you in an ideal world? Well, one, we would stop poisoning the plant and killing the people uh, with with the destruction of. Animals, when we have so many replacements for them, mm-hmm. that we would find ways to feed the planet, which they're working on. Right. Again, Beyond Meat is one example. Another one is a um, Hampton Creek, where they're staying the forty thousand plants and trying to figure out what alternatives there are yeah. to the crap that we eat. Right, and uh, there's lots of alternatives now, but they want more. Yeah, so it's like if you got horses pulling carriages, then the one day is a car. Horses, carriages are bullshit. Like you don't need them anymore. You got cars, right? So therefore, that's the way we should do the, the animal industry. Like we just replace them with something that is useful and not hurtful mm-hmm. to the planet, mm-hmm. and healthier and tastier. Mm-hmm. That's the mix. Making it taste better, healthier, cheaper, healthier, cheaper, taste better, and better for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the, that'd be the jam. You just got to get people off that addiction. We can do it. Yeah. We have to do it. Yeah. You know, Eventually, it's going to have to evolve and change. Exactly. It already is, but I'm saying it has yeah. to do it quicker, yeah. quicker than we think. Okay. Um, now, I heard that well, – Adair told me that you are really passionate about a number of giving back causes, and you give back a lot. And um, I'm curious, what are the top one or two things that you're most passionate about in giving back, and okay. why do you choose to give back so much? Because he can't take the shit with you, and as long as you can make it to the finish line, and my kids are so rich anyway, and, I mean, you know, I mean, why would I not try to do good things for good people? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm involved in four or five philanthropic social um, organizations and and other political movements that help underserved communities because we are all connected ultimately, yeah. and what we do for other people is what we do for ourselves. Yeah. So we should lift other people as part of our process. Uh, what we give the world, the world gives us. It's true. Good givers also are great getters. Mm. You know, Jesus taught two sermons, one to the masses. Give and you'll get. And then when you get, you can pay the Romans their taxes. People went out, masses, and they did that. Mm. And he told his disciples, give without expectation. Be focused on the giving itself. And the more focused and present you are in your gift, then the more uh, um, the more effective you are in your giving. Right. You're a great, great giver, and they keep giving. And you're more like Lakshmi, the Indian goddess. So you just give, and, they, and everybody's got to pile shit up at your feet because they want you to keep giving. Right, right. So that's what the good givers do. The great givers sure. give without expectation. Right. So that's... Did you... Were you always a big giver, or is this like something that you learned over time? Or Over the last 20 years or so, it's been more yeah. prevalent in my life. But, I, you know, if you want money, you got to give money. you got to make mm-hmm. money for somebody else to get money. Mm-hmm. You know, and to really be a money maker, you got to make money for someone. Yeah. To really be a good or do something you know of the equal. To make real happiness, you have to promote happiness for someone else. Yeah. Anything you want, you have to give. Yeah. You have to give what you want to receive. So you know, I I learned that. I believe in that. I believe in the cycle of giving and getting mm-hmm. that is continuous, and that you should participate in in it without fear. Yeah. And that, that you, if you do that, then you will be a, a much more prosperous person, even mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of junk in the world and stuff yeah, and return on your investments. But you will be more prosperous if you are focused entirely on the gift and the honest service. Uh, because if the man in front of you don't pay, the man next to him will. So you guys right. got to do it. Just mm-hmm. do your job and forget. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, you have control over the work alone, but never its fruit. And he says, "Go out and give." Yeah. Yep. So speaking speaking of fears, do you have any fears right now? I, if something may happen to a daughter or something, mm. sometimes I would yeah. worry. Are you sick? Are you not well? Yeah. I said, other than that, I'm not 
<laughs> much. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want Suge Knight to come in here shooting at me, but I'm not. <laughs> You're not you know, I'm just giving, yeah. I made that example. Like, sure, I don't sure, know. sure. I'm not afraid of much. Yeah. What, um, it sounds like you don't have many breakdowns because you're constantly in a, in a state of meditation. You're in a state of clear mind, of taking care Break of yourself. Breakdown like what? Do you, do you experience breakdowns throughout the day? Or do you just say, or do you just smile and laugh at, uh, you know, well, any situation that comes you know, to I mean, you? I, you know, I have problems sometimes, but I don't break down like start crying. Oh, life is so tough. <laughs> no, I haven't had that in a, I don't know when, ever. Yeah. I don't do that. But I, you know, I got moments where I'm not as happy. Mm. Um, and how do you handle in those moments? Are you just do you allow yourself to express and be unhappy for the moments, or do you acknowledge and say, "Okay, I'm aware of what's happening," and and move through it in a specific way? I, I think I'm okay with moving through it. I'm probably yeah. pretty insensitive. <laughs> okay. I never know when I'm not happy. For sure. <laughs> I thought you were the happy vegan. Yeah, I never Come know on. when I'm not happy. <laughs> like, I'm never aware of it. Well, you don't seem so good today. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, I, there are moments. I guess I don't know. Sure, sure. What are you most excited about over the next five years? You've created so much in your business. You've got, oh, you know, God. so I'm many companies. I'm enjoying watching these kids build this company all that mm-hmm. digital. I've done on a regular. Yeah. I have another kid who's downstairs. He's got 15 movies set up in, um, in um, the um, film Death Pictures. Mm-hmm. I have another guy who's been in television his whole life. and He was behind the NBC's drama, but now he's developing tons of TV. I want to see that thing really take off. Mm-hmm. I want Simone to own the biggest farm factory in the world. Wow. Um, whatever the fuck. I mean, not farm factory. <laughs> you know, like farm sanctuary type. Like. There you go, farm factory. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like some shit that would, she can save some animals. I don't get to saving one animal. Like that animal, that blind dog she has, I could give about it. <laughs> okay. I think that it's about saving 100 billion animals. He's smiling, though. She spends her whole life saving one. He's smiling. He's happy right now. I know now. it's good to do that. I know God favors those whose intentions are that pure. Yeah, yeah. That they see one suffering animal and they take their time. But mm-hmm. I'd rather just, with a sweeping hand, change a lot of people's <laughs> mind and say, like, I like to teach Oprah to meditate so she can teach the uh-huh. masses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than teach Simone to meditate so mm-hmm. she can tell her best friend only. <laughs> and then... Really? Sure. And I love Simone, but I'd rather not teach her. Right. I'd rather teach Ellen DeGeneres. I did those two. They got big mouth. They taught a lot more people. Right, right. What's a good med- – I mean, for someone who's never done meditation, we, I've talked about a lot of my podcasts. I bring on people that go through guided meditations. Do you have a, Do you go through guided meditations yourself no, or do you have no, a – No, I do mantra-based meditation. Mm-hmm. My book was based on a lot of the principles in TM, but a lot of the principles uh-huh. in uh, the yogis taught me. And what's your mantra? Are you allowed to share or, uh, or – Yeah, well, what? I gave away a mass mantra, which mm-hmm. was rum. So I would think that mantra, but my own mantra that I paid twenty five hundred dollars for from the David Lynch Foundation. I can't share that. Yeah, yeah, it's personally, yeah, personally paid for it. Right, right. The money goes to the kids mm-hmm. uh, in the programs that we build. I'm on the board, and I use I use the mantra I got from Bob Roth, who taught so many people to meditate. Mm. Like he was close to Maharishi, but. I, I was okay with giving everybody the same mantra in my book. Sure, sure. Gotcha, yeah. And it's a vibration. And it was one that if he had given me that mantra, I would have freaked out because I always liked it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point <laughs> But it was like I use the mantra that I use. Sure. That, you're constantly giving back. So many people are aware of what you're doing in, in, with politics. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, I think there's a foundation with um, – with prisoners, right, that you're supporting? or Yeah, but the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding is one of our big uh, gotcha, gotcha. things. We get imams to speak in synagogues and rabbis mm-hmm. to speak in mosques. And I think that that's, a, you know, we need that. And it's just an example. It's a microcosm of, of what we need. It's interesting to see the chief rabbi of Israel and the grand mufti of the Palestinian people in Israel, or in Palestine, whatever you call it, to have them be open and willing to promote this program where imams speak in synagogues and rabbis speak in mosques. That, to me, and Simone Perez said it wasn't going to happen. And then I come back and say, yeah, our program is starting to run. Hmm. He was kind of surprised because right. he lived there and he didn't think it was possible. Right, right. So dialogue is king, you know? Yeah, yeah. And dialogue is, is, is very important. Yeah. Uh, in every, because uh, when you don't talk, you get, separate you forget that you have the same wishes for yourself that the other person wishes for themselves Mm -hmm. you forget that you have the same desires and hopes and fears and questions that they have sure and when you find that common thread you realize you have so much more in common and almost nothing 
that's not in common. Yeah. And I think that's what dialogue does. Like the imams and the rabbis, like they're the same anyway, the same religion. Right. Well, I could tell. Right. Um, so that's interesting to see all the Judeo-Christian faiths. They're all the same, but the, the, the fact that they think there's such great differences, mm. you know, and that one's right over the others is also disturbing, but that's what it is, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I just think that, you know, that those things are, are really important. People right. need to be able to communicate and to touch each other and to find the sameness in each other. Yeah. And how do you balance all this? I mean, you've got, you know, your family. I sleep usually six hours. Okay. I meditate. I go to yoga. And I sometimes now go to cryotherapy. Mm. Today I'm going to try good. to race to cryo, go to yoga, go to my book site, and go to my comedy show. But, I, you know, I meditate. And I do these things. If I have those things in my life, I can do everything. Mm. And this whole idea of being stressed, you know, I kind of let that go a lot. I really don't carry a lot of weight. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessary to carry weight to, for what? Yeah. You can't change shit you worry about. You can change stuff you focus on, mm-hmm. but not that you worry about. What do you think your life would be like right now if you didn't meditate, do yoga, and you ate meat? There's a picture of me from 33 years ago on my um, on my um, Instagram. I look like hmm. I'm about to die. Really? Yeah. Did you post this recently? I posted a while ago, it's, but I posted again every so often. Yeah, it's not. It's a few days back. I posted again. 33 years ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I like I was going to die, literally. <laughs> okay, so that's what you'd be like right now, about to die. Uh, yeah, probably. Look, how, look at me then. Yeah. You see that shit? I can't see it. You have it on there? Look how old. Wow, I'm. that's you? 33 years ago. You look like you're about 60 right there. Huh? You look like you're about 60 right there. Yeah, but I'm 20-something. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. I'm curious, with all the stuff that people know about you, all the great things you've done, what's something you've done that you're really proud of that most people don't know about? Uh, I, I like the idea that I was helpful in, in um, creating the, the movement that changed the Rockefeller drug laws. I like the idea that I wrote the letter that went to the president and to the attorney general that got signed by all of Hollywood and all of these people and then eventually was um, tweeted by Justin Bieber. And the attorney general called me immediately and the president changed the way he charges first-time offenders. Mm. I like... Um, there's a little shit I did that I'm, you know, like that uh, I did. I mean, some of the artists became more conscious and did more things, philanthropic, social, and political, mm-hmm. because I dragged them down one block one day, and they realized how powerful they were, and they changed, and they 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 used their celebrity to 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 uh, make things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we had the Muslim inquiries, and Kim Kardashian tweeted out she's Muslim for a day, they shut them down. Wow. Congress was so embarrassed that shit went all over the world. Wow. That there was this protest that people, rabbis especially, were saying they were Muslim for a day, and that was wrong. It was un American, these inquiries that the Congress was holding. Mm. So little things like that matter. Like, really, like, no one will write about that much. Right. No one will care about that much. Uh, but they'll care about, you know, the records you sold. Right, or, right, right. Other stuff. I'm surprised. Frankly, I'm really surprised. I see the change. My publisher didn't even want a chapter on being vegan in my last book. Really? And now they asked for a book well, about vegan. Book. Right. It's, so it's the world changes. Yeah, they yeah. asked me for that. Because wow. my reason for going vegan were compassion, uh, not wanting to contribute to the abuse of so many animals. Not even the environment, which obviously is just really, you know what? As a yogi, all those reasons matter, right? Mm-hmm. The first chakra should always be of a concern. But my reason was really compassion. Compassion. I couldn't write that in a book because nobody give a right. Don't nobody care about the animal. Mm. They really don't. Simone would disagree. She gets angry. She's taking care of a blind dog. But most people put that animal to sleep. Mm. <laughs> most people would put that animal. A blind dog, like you got to take your whole day and watch the dog. They put him to sleep. Right, right. <laughs> So that's how people feel about individual animals, and certainly about a hundred billion of them that they don't know. Right. You yeah. see, when you see women, and they're walk not up, killing either. Yeah, and they walk around in fur coat, walking their dog. Mm. You know what I mean? You see it all the time. You see this with their brand new fur coat. You know, eight thousand chinchillas into one little coat, and then they walk in their dog like the dog is precious. Right. The dog. I'd rather have the dog be the coat than eight thousand chinchillas. Right, but right. if I could choose, but I mean, I want none of them to die. But so yeah. to me, it's a big picture thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when they want to save horses, I help save horses. When they want to save dolphins, I help save dolphins. But every cow counts. Yeah. Every chicken counts. Pig, yeah. 
Pigs, smarter than the people that killed them. Mm. They count. And um, the dolphins too, probably. But, you know, I mean, smart, not that it matters. Suffering is suffering. But yeah. animals that feel so much pain go through so much shit so we can get sick and cancer and diabetes and mm. heart disease. It's kind of nutty to me. Yeah. Such a thing, yeah. you know, is a process and it's all money. Yeah. Greed. And it's all the, the downfall of this fake democracy, which is controlled by money. And it bothers me that our American government can't get on its feet. The only two people who can talk about, say what they want to say, are free to kind of really make a campaign to run for president are Donald Trump, who said, look at, look at these people on stage. He said, you know what? He paused. He said, good people. Money corrupts good people. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And the whole crowd looked. They didn't get it. And he said, you know, about Citizens United. I, I got it right away. I thought it was funny because I watched him. He's entertaining. It. He I've is. known him forever, so I'm watching him. He's very entertaining. Um, but what he said about people being corrupted by money, they all look like, like little girls in miniskirts at the wrong party. Mm. Like they should go home because they look like horse. <laughs> and it was wrong. And it was wrong. And he said it. And it was true. And it was like, that's the Republican Party. And then you have Bernie Sanders who talks about the one-tenth of one percent getting all the money. And he's saying stuff. He's, he's dragging Hillary there because Hillary doesn't want to lose. <laughs> but, you know, she's doing it with the with the awareness that she's got their money in her pocket yeah, and that she owes. He is free from the control of corporate interests at this moment. Mm-hmm. And he's he's bound by his past, you know, the gun thing. He lived in a gun state. He had to bend. Politicians mostly do. They learned he learned some lessons about bending. You know, the gun thing. He is living or little things that he did right. to survive in the state in which he was. So the idea of people free from corporate control. I didn't like Mayor Bloomberg. I campaigned against him. Mm. Uh, and I campaigned for some Democrat. I mean, I might have did it again this time, uh, but this guy won, de Blasio, because he hadn't had any balls because he needs money just to breathe, mm. you know, and um, he needs money to win again, and he's controlled. Right, right, right. Hasn't been able to do anything. I, he announced his deal. I was so happy. That I just heard his headline. He made a deal for animal rights people that put him in office. Mm. Then I found out the deal sucks. <laughs> it har- it's horrible. It's not helpful. To me, I didn't give a fuck if he saved 70 of the 210 horses. It sounds insensitive, but 70 horses were not the question. The reason I thought we were taking horses off the street is not for the 200 horses. It was because I didn't want my kids to see the abuse. Mm. I wanted just one more statement, one more step towards the 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 lack, the, the getting away from the belief that animals are here to work for us. Yeah. And animals are here as our, you know, playthings. Yeah. So letting getting rid of their horses mattered to me because it's part of a bigger picture. There are people who really want the horses off the street and don't care about the other animals. And there yeah, are people yeah. who I'm not one of them. I'm I'm every step counts, you know, every chicken, every bird mm-hmm. of every kind and every species and the suffering of each of them is equal to me. Mm. So getting 70 horses off the ground, yeah, I I totally get saving one animal at a time. But I but I think my time is better spent on the mass, but to save a lot more if one person chooses to go vegan. When one person chooses life. to go vegan, change the whole world, right? right? right yeah. I mean, it changes the, uh, the dynamic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's true too. Get back sure. to that. One person can make a tremendous difference. Right. right. You know, thousands of animals he won't participate in eating. Right. Or eat and um, also maybe he rubs off on another one right. and another Inspire one. Someone else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of questions left for you because I know you got a lot going on. Uh, what are you most grateful for in your life recently? <sighs> grateful, just you know, family, mm-hmm. you know, basic stuff. You know, I'm grateful to get out of bed every morning, every morning, mm. um, for my service. You know, that goes well. And days I get rest today, you know, it's hard. I just say, wow. I go through the whole day. I do all these podcasts and interviews and stuff. This is about the animal rights thing now. And also grateful we got funded. All Deaf Digital is now, you know, really doing very well. And a lot of movies are in development and a lot of TVs in development. The world is moving along. Yeah. My personal piece is, is, is more accessible 
I am generally more happy today than I was before. Mm. Um, I think that that idea, moving toward the calmer space and recognizing how little the world has to offer me regarding my happiness, Mm -hmm. the more I recognize that, the more free I get from stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised these things come get me for the shit I'm saying. I did, did I tell you that the American government gives $38 billion to the meat industry? Really? Meat and dairy and $17 million to vegetables. That they are poisoning, are subsidizing the poisoning of this planet wow. and the poisoning of its people. And it's just lobbyists and stuff, you know, so I'm surprised. The stuff that I say. They're not coming out. national. Them. I don't know what they can get me for. I mean, it's all documented. That was PETA's. So get PETA. But it's all documented in the book, right. you know, so. It's none of it to my, I, mean, I didn't do the research. I'm right, just, right. I'm, I'm sharing it with the world. Yeah, I'm sharing yeah. the research. And I guess most of it's pretty correct. Um, so they haven't come after me to try to destroy me. I uh, did Oprah years ago. Mm. <clears throat> I don't have Oprah money. I really can't afford to fight them in that way um, forever. I call, it probably costs $20, $30 million to talk to them. I don't want to do that. Right. Um, but I'm not going to agree that eating animals is okay. Yeah. I ain't going to bow down. I ain't a punk. So I say what I think needs to be said. I think that's important. Yeah. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that I have spent a great part of my life saying things that people don't like to hear. Saying things that I believe are necessary that should be shared that people overlook. There's a lack of consciousness on the part of humankind to recognize a lot of its flaws. I have most of them, but the ones that I recognize, I speak out about. Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, two final questions. I want to make sure everyone goes and gets this book, The Happy Vegan, and uh, they can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Is there also a specific website you want to send people to for you or the book or anything they should be following? Where do you where do you hang out most on social media? I hang out most of my Instagram. Yeah. Uncle Rush. So go follow you there. Yeah, Uncle Rush is my Twitter and my Instagram. Okay. I play on Instagram. Like, I swear to God, probably you unfollow me. I see me. you posting like 10 times a day. Yeah, so like... probably unfollow me, right? but I send out prayer. And yeah. I feel like I'm curating a magazine. Lots of yoga stuff on there. I like yeah, I like, yeah, I put shit on there and I like, so it's... Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, so we'll go follow you there. Last two questions. If this was, uh, you know, your last day and you have all your friends and family there to support you and all the books you've written have been erased and uh, all the stuff you put out there has been gone for some reason and you've got a piece of paper and a pen to write down three truths, the three things you know to be true about your experience from life that you want to Share with your friends and family as your message back. Three simple things. What would those be? Putting you on the spot, obviously. Do everything you can to be comfortable in your seat, but use scripture as your guide because those are the honest and quickest routes to that kind of happiness I want people to look for. Hmm. Um, Give what you want to receive, and the world has nothing to offer you. You have everything to offer it. So therefore, don't trade with the world, give to the world. Mm. And all those things, those ideas alone will help someone to be uh, successful in the goal, and the goal is happiness. I love it. Those are great truths. That's all right. Those are great truths. Thank you. Um, Final question before I I ask, I want to acknowledge you. I acknowledge every one of my guests at the end for speaking out and using your voice and saying what you want to say and not holding back. I think it's really important with someone who has a platform like you to be able to share whether people agree or not agree I believe it's important that you're sharing your message and a positive message with, with this meditation, uh, your, your political messages, things like that. So I want to acknowledge you for speaking up and not being afraid to share your voice, no matter what people say about you or, or do behind your back. It's, I think it's really a great way to, to stand up for yourself and, and inspire others to do the same. Thank so I you. I, 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 I like doing it. So it's, yeah. e- it's easy. It helps me sleep at night. That's good. That's Thank good. Thank you. And a final last question really quick. You, you said last question like 12 times. I apologize. I apologize. It's all good though. <laughs> well, you just, I just want you to know how many times you said last question. Uh, what's your definition of greatness? Greatness. Um, I like this, what you said about giving your heart to the world and being honest to the world despite being criticized by the world. There are a lot of leaders who uncompromising, who believe in their messaging and believe that they are serving God or, you know, if they're religious or the community or the people, you know, people who go out every day and just try to make the world a better place. Um, you know, I would, you know, count a few people who from the outside in looked almost enlightened. Um, 
and and those people uh you know they're around me uh sometimes i i I would think minister farrakhan when you're around him you're like wow he really believes everything out his mouth Mm. he really wants to help his people and he saved the lives of hundreds of thousands of black people it's very special man in that regard um i believe that there's a few other people who really go to work every day try to make the world a better place and really are selfless in their nature Simone here really believes that going out and pouring paint on Kim Kardashian's coat makes the world a better place. She goes out, you know, and does what she does, and she means it. She spends all her time trying to save animals, except for the time to make her read scripts. People are dedicated to making the world better. It's great. You know, and the size of your impact is, I said about Farrakhan and him saving hundreds of thousands of black lives. That's one thing. And I said about Simone, who really sparks sparks a lot of energy that creates a, a vibration that save a lot of lives as well. But people who just have the honest intention to do well for the world, uh, who are selfless, are the ones that, that um, are favored. Not the guy who gave the billion dollars, the guy who actually administered the drugs in the most difficult climate. They went, they tried to save the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a God outside of us, he favors that person over the person who gave the money. Mm-hmm. Russell, thanks so much for Thank you. On. Appreciate it. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Russell. Again, a very powerful individual who's created so much good in his life, and his message resonates with so many people. Make sure to share this with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 287. Let me know what you thought on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and tag Russell as well over on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, with this episode let him know what you thought we've got the full video interview back at the show notes as well lewishouse.com slash 287 make sure to check that out and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Stitcher or SoundCloud wherever you prefer to listen and also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel that's youtube.com slash lewishouse because we're doing multiple videos a week moving forward now I'm very excited about the video that we're creating moving forward so make sure to subscribe and check that out as well I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Williams and get 30% off Duration and Super Deck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only, some exclusions apply. See store for details. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.